We've been hanging out in the Gospel of Luke for the last several weeks, and I want to read the Easter story the way Luke tells it to us, all right? In Luke 24, verses 1 through 12, Luke says this, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took, women took the spices they had prepared, and they went to the tomb. They found the stone had been rolled away, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember, remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners sinners be crucified and on the third day be raised again then they remembered his words when they came back from the tomb they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others it was mary magdalene joanna mary the mother of james and the others with them who told this to the apostles but the apostles well they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away, wondering to himself what had happened. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. I, I was thinking this week, I, I'm not always the smartest guy, but it, I figured something out this week. And, and I think that one of the challenges for preachers on Easter... And I don't mean to complain, I mean, it's a great day, great day to preach, it's a wonderful day to celebrate. But one of the challenges that we face as preachers is that you and I, when we get to church on a Sunday morning like this, on Easter Sunday morning, we arrive and we are ready to celebrate. And we should be, right? I mean, Christ the Lord is risen today and we sing all these songs and there's joy. I mean, Jesus is alive and we all come. And from the very first, we are anticipating, right? We're waiting. We know that something great is going to happen. But here's the challenge for the preacher. When we turn to the Bible, it's not the way it was on the first Easter. I mean, if we go to the story, if we read it, one of the things that, that Luke, I think, makes especially clear is that every person, everyone in the gospel of Luke is really slow. They're slow to understand, and they're slow to believe. They just don't get it. And so the preacher kind of struggles with saying, what's going on here? I want to celebrate. We all want to celebrate. And the people are all like, well, we don't know what's going on, right? And, 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 and so I want to think about that this morning with you. Because I think ultimately, if we can understand why they were slow, we can understand why this day is so great and why it's so amazing. So let's think about it. Why, why were they so slow to believe. Luke, I think, almost goes out of his way to tell us that they were slow, all right? I mean, he makes it very clear. Three times Jesus says in the Gospel of Luke that this is what's going to happen. Back in 9 verse 22, which, again, we don't know for sure, but I would say six months before the death and resurrection of Jesus, so not that much previously, but back in, in Luke 9 verse 22, all right? I, I mean, Jesus said to them, this is right after Peter has said, you are God's Messiah, Jesus said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law. I'm going to be rejected and I'm going to suffer many things. And the son of man, Jesus is talking about himself. He must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. I mean, about clear as you can get, right? Rejected, killed, raised. 
Jesus says, that's the, that's the formula. That's how it's got to be. This is what's going to make all things new. Rejected, killed, raised. Not too much later than that, Luke 9, 44. This is a partial announcement. Jesus says this, listen carefully to what I'm about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. He's going to be rejected and crucified. He's going to be delivered into the hands of men. And then Luke 18, this is, you know, within weeks, just shortly before all of this happens. Jesus says to his disciples, not just the 12, but to a whole group of them. He says, the son of man will be delivered over to the Gentiles, rejected. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him. Second, they will kill him. And on the third day, he will rise again. Rejected, killed, raised. Rejected, killed, raised. Three times, all right? They should have known. And they should have certainly known by the third day, right? I mean, it was so clear. Jesus, they should have been like us on Easter Sunday morning, right? They should have been anticipating Jesus had been arrested, mocked, insulted, spit on, beaten, flogged, all of those things. He had been rejected. Jesus had been killed. He had been crucified, all right? And it was now the third day. But what I want to think about with you is this question. When did it finally register for the people that Jesus was alive? Luke starts with the women, and I want to start there, and then we'll go on and look at the, uh, the rest of the apostles. And guys, women are faster than the men, okay? That's just the way it goes, all right? So when did the women, all right? When, when did they finally get it? When did they say, yes, he's alive, all right? I mean, when they reached the third day, no. No, when they headed to the tomb that morning, Luke says they took spices they had prepared. They were looking for a dead body. They were gonna, these were not spices to celebrate new life. They had no, it's like they completely forgot everything Jesus said. Well, when they saw that the stone had been removed, right? I mean, you and I see this picture and we say, yes, he is alive, right? He is alive. They saw it and they thought, huh, what's up with that? What about when they went into the tomb and there was no body, all right? You know, they, they did not find the body, Luke says in, in verse 3. Did, did they believe then when there's an empty tomb there? Nope. I, I mean, we hear that and we celebrate. They were just wondering about this. Well, when suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning showed up, right, and stood beside them. Is that when they believed? Is that when they... No, unfortunately not. Well, they just got scared. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. That's not faith. That's not celebration. Okay, well, when the angel asked, <laughs> great question, why do you look for the living among the dead? The living. Why do you, hello, hint, clue? Why do you look for the living? Nope, nothing. Light bulb is dead off. And I want to say, even when the angel says, he is not here, he is risen, okay? Did they believe in, actually, not even at that moment. Luke doesn't, they still, didn't get it. I mean, they hear this from an angel in an empty tomb where they had seen the body of Jesus, and they're still like, no, nothing, nothing. It wasn't until the next line. It wasn't until the next thing. And, 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 and I think, again, if we understand this, it's going to help our celebration. It's when the angel says, remember. Remember. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. Remember what Jesus said. Remember what he told you the Messiah was all about. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. He must be crucified and on the third day be raised again. 
When they remembered that, then these words, this is faith. Then they remembered his words. Then they ran back to the disciples. That's when they believed. And it's like somehow when, when the angel said to them, do you remember what Jesus said? That he had to be rejected, crucified, and raised. It went from this fog. Somehow something clicked in their minds. I mean, really, I, it's like they're just like, they don't get it. And then with those words, and as they remembered those words, it got clearer and clearer and clearer. And finally they said, now we get it. He had to be killed. He had to rise again. He had to be rejected. Now we get it. He's alive. He is alive. And then they could celebrate. But it wasn't until they knew that. It was when they remembered that. That was the formula, rejected, crucified, raised. Then they understood and believed. Put that in your back pocket. Because I want to come back and say, how did that help? What did that do for him? I mean, that's the key for them, and I think it's the key for us, but we don't think about it that way. Let's look at the guys, the 11 and the others. This would be also some women. But when did they believe? This is not good. When the women came back and told him all these things, <laughs> verse 9, Luke says, yeah, the women, they went and they told him all these things. Like, Don't you remember how Jesus said this is what the Messiah had to do, that he had to be cruci- rejected, crucified, raised? No, nothing. In fact, they didn't believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. And I suppose part of it, part of it might have been that these were women, and in that culture, women so, were so disrespected. That, that probably contributed some. But I think the bigger deal is they just don't have the categories to, to even hear this news. It just doesn't register. It's, it's a fog to them. It seems like nonsense. They're speaking and they're, the guys are just hearing blah, 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 blah. Wah, 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 like Charlie Brown's old teacher. What about, you know, so no, not when the women came back. What about when Peter went and saw the empty tomb and the strips of burial cloth? Nope. Peter just went away and wondered to himself what was going on. That's not faith. It's not a celebration. Well, what about when they heard the report later in the day of the two men, and we're going to look at this story next week, but of the two men who went to Emmaus on the Emmaus road, they saw Jesus and they ran back and they said, he's alive. Uh, did the disciples believe then? No. Nope, they're still in the dark. I mean, the pre- it's almost like Luke is going out of his way to say they're so slow. How about, get this, think about it, this is what happened. How about when Jesus walked in on Easter Sunday evening and said, peace be with you? Certainly when they saw Jesus with their very own eyes, when Jesus said to them, peace be with you, they believed. No, they didn't. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. What's going on? What about when Jesus showed them his hand and feet? Nope, not then. What about when Jesus... I mean, it's almost like, hello, Jesus waving this. When Jesus says, it is I myself, touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. Do they believe then? No, verse 41 says they still did not believe it. I mean, come on, Jesus is standing right in front of them and says, I'm alive, and they still don't get it. When did it kick in for the eleven? Verse 44. Verse 44 says this. Jesus said to them, this is what I told you. 
He reminded them, right? This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures and he told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And somehow that was the moment for them. That's where it starts to come into place. And they, like the women, went from a fog to some clarity, to some greater clarity, to, to kind of finally getting it. It was this, um, oh, you're, that's what the plan was. This is what you've been talking about all along. Now we get it, rejected, crucified race. Now we get it, you're alive. And it's that which gets them there. And so in both cases, when did it finally register? It was when they understood that Jesus the Messiah had to be rejected, crucified, and raised. Okay, so that's the key. How does that impact us? What, what does that do for us? And, and to get at that, I want to ask this question, all right? Why was it so hard for the disciples to understand this? Why was it so hard for them to understand that Jesus had to die and be raised again? Why was it so hard for them to understand what the Messiah was all about? They had the Old Testament scriptures. They had Jesus himself. And when it, yet when it comes to Easter Sunday morning, they just don't have the categories. They don't get it. It doesn't compute. It doesn't work. And I would suggest that there's a level at which for many of us, it, it actually doesn't work. I mean, it's springtime in Michigan, and it's, it's warmer weather, and it's Easter, and we have new dresses, and we get Easter eggs, and so it's an inspiring day. But I wonder if we don't miss the main event. I wonder if we just settle for inspiration. I want to suggest there were two things. Two things that kept them from understanding the good news, from hearing that Jesus Christ was alive, and two things that can keep us from the celebration God really wants us to have. He said, I don't want us to settle for too little. I don't want us to settle for a small celebration when what we have to celebrate is the greatest thing that ever happened, all right? The, the first thing that I think kept them from really seeing it, from hearing what Jesus was saying, and understanding it, and getting to the place where Jesus is indeed alive is, is they were so sure they knew what the Messiah would do. They had this idea, and when Peter said, you know, you are God's Messiah in chapter 9, verse 20, then they knew, okay, and now we know what your agenda is. Now we know what you're going to do. And they put Jesus in a box. You see, they knew what the Messiah would do. They knew they needed saving, that Jesus would come and the, the, the Messiah would destroy their enemies, would give them power, and make them winners in this world. And because they were convinced of that, they, it's like, you know, you've had that before where somebody's talking and you know what they're going to say and you don't even listen. That's what it was with the disciples. They were so sure they knew what Jesus was talking about. They so knew what the Messiah was all about that they just kind of, it just never registered. And they ended up putting Jesus in a box. And it wasn't until he broke out of the box that they could understand and what I want to ask this morning, one of the main questions is, what about us? Have we put Jesus in a box? What I mean by that is this. Are we so sure we know what Jesus wants? Are we so sure we know who Jesus loves? Are we so sure we know what Jesus is going to do? Are we so sure that Jesus is on our side? Are we so sure we know that what Jesus needs to do is to get rid of my enemies? I am so, God, here's, I declare victory in your name. I mean, people, I, I understand praying with confidence. But the Bible is full of examples of God's people who pray in such a way that 
that got all messed up if God answered the prayer. See, I have a tendency to limit Jesus, to put him in a box and say, this is what you're going to do, Jesus. This is what you're going to do. This is how my life is going to go. This is what it means. I need more of this. I need more of that. I need more of this. And we put Jesus in a box. And sometimes I don't think we can hear God's word. And, and, And I don't think we can understand God's word because we have so limited him. That's why the disciples, they, they put Jesus in this box of saying, okay, this is what, and it didn't make any sense for him to talk about death or resurrection. He didn't need to do that. He just needed to get rid of their enemies, give them power and make them winners in this world. But let me tell you something. Think about this. And think about this when you pray. If Jesus had done their things, the things, if Jesus had done things their way, they would have all still died in their sins. If Jesus had been the Messiah they thought they needed, if Jesus had answered their prayers, they would have won in this world and they would have all gone to hell because they would still be dead in their sins because Jesus wouldn't have gone to the cross. I think about it. Imagine that. That's why I, I tend to pray saying, God, not my will, your will be done. Because if their will had been done, you and I would be lost. And I think so often my prayers are such that I need to say, God, don't give me what I want. Give me what you know I need. And, and what we do is we come to church on a day like today and we say, what I need just is some inspiration. I just need to sing some great songs. That's, oh no. No, you need more than that. They were convinced they already, they were sure they knew what the Messiah would do. And the reason for that is the second thing, and this is the deeper one the reason they couldn't hear the good news is they didn't understand how bad their situation was. And, and I think this is true of many of us. See, what they thought and what they knew in their own minds and what we sometimes do is they knew they needed some help. They needed some help. You see, they knew they were sick. They knew they weren't perfect. So they needed some forgiveness, just like you, right? You're not perfect. You need some forgiveness. They needed some strength. I can't quite beat all my enemies, so yes, I need some strength. They needed some inspiration. They got tired, and so they needed some inspiration, all right? That, that's what they needed. They, they knew they needed these things, and so Jesus doesn't need to die and rise again for these things, there's no reason for them as I, and, and I think that so often, I think of my neighbor, one of my neighbors who ever heard say, I don't need anybody to die for me. I'm not that bad. I don't need a savior who rose from the dead because I'm just a little sick. The reality is not that we need some help. The reality, and I think it finally clicked for the disciples and for the women is that they weren't sick, they were dead. They were dead in their sins. So am I, and so are you. Sick people need help, dead people need resurrection. Sick people need help, dead people. And we too often think we're just sick people. They didn't need inspiration, they needed resurrection. You can tweet that, right? They didn't need inspiration, they needed resurrection. And that's true today for me as well. 
If you came today saying, man, I hope Ron's inspiring. Man, I hope the songs are inspiring. You need inspiration. Go listen to Jimmy Valvano's speech from the Espies. Go listen to Martin Luther King. Go listen to, to uh, Gorman, the poem she read at Biden. I mean, you, there's plenty of places you can get inspired. But friends, if you think you just need inspiration, you don't understand your situation. You don't need inspiration. You need resurrection. You need a whole makeover because you are dead and I am dead. And, and Easter only is full joy for people who know that they are dead. And, and I think sometimes we struggle with that. I mean, what about us? What about it? Do you know you're dead? Do you realize that, that, that you have no hope? Friends, again, so often... I look to Jesus and I say, Jesus, what I need is you to help me some. Yep, I sinned. So just I need some forgiveness. A little, yeah, yeah. Do what my mom used to do and yeah, clean that off my face. Yeah. God, Jesus, I just got a few spots. Come on, Jesus, I just need a little bit of strength. Strength. I'm not sick, friends. I'm dead. And it's when, only when we understand that we're dead that the resurrection gives us hope, that we understand how it is our only hope. When we understand that, then we understand we need Jesus rejected, crucified, and raised. And so, please hear me. I'm not saying today shouldn't be a day of celebration. It should be. I just want to make sure it's the fullest celebration that it can be. In order to really celebrate, in order to really let loose, and I want us to do that on the closing song in just a moment, we have to understand that Jesus has been rejected, he's been killed, and he's been raised. Because he doesn't just come to help us, he comes to resurrect us. And what he wants to give you is a total makeover, a brand new starting from the beginning. And he died and paid for our sins, and he rose so he could live in us today. You don't need help. You need Jesus living in you. And so I say it, and I pray that we can get it. He is alive. You can experience resurrection and the power of Jesus alive in you. Let's pray together. Father, we, we can't wrap our minds around this very well. We get so focused on our short-term problems. We get so focused, and they're real and they're important. But we get focused on winning in this world. Remind us that winning in this world still leaves us losers. Remind us that what we need is resurrection. What we need is a hope that goes on and on. And then give us eyes to see that Jesus Christ is alive. Father, help us to celebrate, to know that there is such a beautiful name, Jesus, that there is power in that name, that there is strength in that name, that there is life in that name. Remind us that he has been rejected, crucified, and raised so that we know we too have died and been raised again. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.